0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We start Friday off the way I normally do, by talking about TNF, Thursday Night Football. Look, I'm not going to sit here and act like that was the most thrilling football game ever. Nor am I going to say that the Steelers looked like world beaters last night. But I can say this, they didn't look like world beaters, but you can't take away from them the fact that they are 5-3. and three. Somehow, way. Pittsburgh has the same record as the Niners, which is the same record as the Bills, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to anybody who has ever watched the Steelers this season. Would anybody confuse them with either the Bills or the Niners? No. But they've got the same record. But you don't even have to rely on the eye test here. You can just look at the facts. Let me give you some numbers. Let me give you some facts about the Steelers. Yes, they are 5-3. and three. However, Pittsburgh has been outgained by their opponent in all eight games this year. They're the only team in the league that's been outgained in all eight games so far this season. They've been outgained by a total of 790 yards, and yet somehow they're 5-3. and three. So get your facts As always, make that make sense. They just became the only team to have a winning record through eight games despite being outgained in every game since they started tracking, rushing, and receiving yardage. Since 1993, no team has ever been outgained in eight straight to start the season and come out of that stretch better than 500. Until the Steelers just pulled it off. And if you are going to ask me how they're doing this, I don't have the answer. I really do not know. Now, this is normally the part where everybody starts bagging on Matt Nova Scotia. However, today is not a good day for the Matt Canada haters. Don't get it twisted. Matt Saskatchewan has definitely had his fair share of rough days calling plays from his perch up in the coach's box. But I can't say that last night was one of those nights. I can't say that at all. You know why? He actually called it a pretty solid game. But more importantly, he wasn't up in the coach's box. For once, the guy was actually down on the sideline. Anyway, Matty Manitoba is a whole different cat, apparently, when he's down on the field, when he's on the sideline, spreading his Canadian wisdom face-to-face. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, and it probably is ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, if calling plays from the sideline really could make that much of a difference, you would think that they would have tried that a long time ago. Being on the field did not suddenly make him a better play caller. At least, I don't think it did. But for one night, for just one night, Matt British Columbia prowling the sideline actually worked out for the offense. How do I know? Deontay Johnson caught a touchdown pass. That's how I know. I mean, somehow, some way, that was his first receiving TD since Big Ben left. What? Or... Was it because of Matthew Ontario's sideline presence? Was it that? Was it the law of averages? Was this dude overdue? We'll never know. Maybe it was none of the above. Maybe it was just that the Titans didn't play that well last night. Because the Titans really didn't play that well last night. Even though the rookie QB was pretty solid once again. Will Levis, not nearly as good as he was in his debut on Sunday... But he definitely wasn't bad either. And it's still hard to see exactly what his future holds after only just two starts. But the one thing that's not hard to figure is that freaking cannon that that dude has instead of an arm. That howitzer hanging from this guy's right shoulder. The missile launcher protruding from the right side of his upper torso. I mean, that ball freaking explodes out of this dude's hand. And that's never a bad thing. But as much as there is to like about Levis' two outings so far, that was still a brutal loss. And he had a chance at the end of the game to go win that game, and he ended up throwing a pick in the end zone. So I understand why Mike Vrabel was not exactly in the mood to glorify his young quarterback after that game.
1: We lost, so I'm not going to sit there and glorify that uh, in his performance, but there were some good throws. There was, you know, some good protections, close on a couple runs. Third down was was certainly uh, a large factor in in this game.
0: As usual, Vrabes is correct. 3 of 13 on third down is not going to get it done. Not on the road, not in prime time, not against the Steelers. And there's not really any point in getting all hyped and all high on a rookie quarterback after a brutal loss like that. A loss that drops the Titans to a disappointing 3-5. and five. A loss that drops them behind the Texans in the AFC South. And into the basement right alongside the Colts. You want to know why Vrabel sounded absolutely miserable after that game? It's because Vrabel was absolutely miserable after that game. Losing sucks. That's why. Especially losing like that. Now, saying something sucks of course, is not a take unless you're saying that losing sucks and then I'll allow it because losing absolutely does suck. No, Cal Ripken does not suck. That take sucks. The worst take in the history of the program. As far as Levis, that was only his second career start and the first L that he's taken as a starting quarterback and even he knows it sucks.
1: Losing sucks. Um... Especially at this level, you know, it's just so hard to win games. And when you got an opportunity like that to win it at the end and it doesn't happen, it makes it feel a whole lot worse. But, I mean, credit to them. They made the plays when they needed to and we didn't. Uh, Got to get back to work.
0: He's not wrong. Speaking of having a chance at the end, that chance at the end should have never even happened. It only happened because of a soft fourth down holding call against Joey Porter Jr., which extended that game and gave them a chance to rip that game. That call was pretty unfortunate because up until that point, Joey Porter Jr. played a pretty damn good game. JP, JR, made DeAndre Hopkins his problem last night, and he mostly shut down D-Hop, and he did so after doing something that seemed pretty insane at the time. He went to the coaches and said, I want that guy. I want that guy. Let me have number 10.
1: On Tuesday, I went to Coach T, and I told him, I want 10. Like, that's what I was looking for. You know, I don't I don't really hide from him. So I was like, that's the matchup I want. That's the matchup I need. So he didn't really say yes. <laughs> on Tuesday, he's like, we're going to think about it. Because they were like, that's kind of crazy. But throughout the week, he was like, all right, we're going to let you get 10 on some reps. And then throughout the game, it was like, you just go where 10 at.
0: So the rookie seriously walked right up to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday and said, I want 10. That's the matchup I want. That's the matchup I need. And I would say that I'm shocked. Except I'm not. It would only be surprising to somebody who never saw that dude's pop play. When you realize he's got Joey Porter's blood in his veins and his DNA, then it all makes total sense. I want to. When you think about it that way, it would have only been surprising if he didn't volunteer to take on 10 and if he didn't succeed in basically locking him down. That's the matchup I want. That's the matchup I need which is not something anybody watching at home said going into that game last night. And it's not something anybody at home said coming out of that game last night. I want to. A grind of a watch, for sure. But that doesn't mean that it was not a big win. A big win for both the Steelers and for the most hated person in Pittsburgh. I bet a lot of you Yinzers are having a pretty good morning right about now. But I know nobody is having a better morning there than Matthew Saskatchewan. So, my man, this is for you. Matt Quebec, you earned it. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Evan Carter. Evan, it is great to have you on the show, man. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate this visit very much. The championship parade is coming up shortly, but I've got to ask, how would you describe the last 48 hours of your life and has it all even sunk in yet?
2: Yeah, this has been, uh, it's been a whirlwind, um, ton of fun though. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but listen, this is, uh, This is a great day. I mean, the parade's going to be awesome. I can see it out of my hotel window right here. It's packed out there, so it's going to be a ton of fun.
0: I love it. So take me back to August, if you would. You were playing for the Rangers AA team, the Frisco Rough Riders. I'm kind of curious about your mindset back then. Were you just thinking to myself, I'm going to lock in and do what I have to do every single day, and then the rest will take care of itself? Or maybe were you thinking, I know I can help that big team, and was the possibility of a call-up constantly on your mind?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the big leagues is the goal for every minor leaguer. You know, you want to get called up and you want to help the, uh, the big league team win. And uh, when that finally did happen, you know, it was a dream come true. But then all of a sudden, you know, you get thrown into a postseason race and, you know, you get actually into the postseason. And uh, everything just kind of happens so fast. And winnings, winnings, all that matters. You know, there's no more development like in the minor leagues. So it, it, was, it was really fun.
0: Evan Carter is joining us. Let me ask you this. I mean, you're only 21. You're just 21 and you were still in double A ball as recently as August. Yet, as I mentioned, you put together one of the best postseason runs ever by a rookie in route to that world championship. It's all kind of mind boggling what you did individually. Like, how do you explain that?
2: <clears throat> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, listen, I mean, there's a ton of people around me that made me feel confident in myself and, you know, comfortable in the locker room and on the field, you know and that's a credit to all my teammates, you know, a lot of veterans around me pointed me in the right direction, and you know, fellow rookies like Josh Young and Josh Smith that were just, you know, there for me and, you know, helped me out this year. And, uh, the coaching staff too was, was unbelievable. And, you know, helping me game plan for pitchers and, you know, i have never faced anybody as good as what big league pitching was. So it was definitely was a, uh, a step up, but you know, it was, there was a ton of people along the way that helped me.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, you answered this in part, but I was going to say, how were you able to elevate your game on the biggest stage with the highest stakes and against competition, the best competition that you had never seen before? How were you able to do that?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's weird. I feel like when you actually get up to the big leagues, it's so... I guess you have to be so locked in, just because everybody else is too. But it's it's also a little bit easier to be locked in because you're in you know your big league stadiums, you're playing for a big league team. All of a sudden, you're in the playoffs. Like it's just kind of uh, everybody's there to compete and win, and you know to do that, you have to be as locked in as possible. And it makes it a lot easier to do that when uh, everybody around you is wanting the same goal as you too.
0: Evan Carter is joining us. I mean, dude, you're calm. You are really calm. I want to get back to that in a minute. But the one thing that blows me away is your poise. Your manager, Bruce Bochy, had a great line earlier in the postseason when he said, and I quote, this guy has such a calmness about him, I don't even know if he knows that he's in the big leagues. End of quote. I mean, Evan, like, you do know you're in the bigs, right? Just confirming. Just confirming.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, dude, this calmness. Like, I'm curious. uh, have you always been this way? Are you kind of wired like that? Or at least in part, did you learn
2: this? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I would say that that's just kind of how I play baseball. I'm not really the type of person that has to get fired up and amped up to start a game. You know, the more the more I think, the more I am uh, tense, I guess, the worse that I play. So I try and stay as calm as possible. Um, and that's that's how I perform the best. So let me ask you one more thing about
0: that. Your second baseman, Marcus Simeon, a pro's pro, said, quote, your swing and your baseball skills, they're beyond his years, end of quote. So if you're beyond your years, how much of that is innate God-given talent? And then how much of that is just sweat, equity, and grind?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, obviously, I'm thankful for God to even give me the opportunity to be here in the first place Um, and just to give you the ability to play baseball. And then you know, I guess the other part of that would be always being around a lot of really quality older guys that have helped point me in the right direction. Um, just playing with older people, you kind of, I guess, mature up to their age and just how they're acting. You know, a lot of college guys in the minor leagues, and then now you're in the big leagues, and you know, I'm playing with people that are 15, 18, you know, years older than me. You kind of have to, uh, you know, grow up a little bit. I guess. <laughs> what's that like dude for
0: instance you look around that clubhouse and you've got guys who are 10 15 years older than you and they're living a different life like they've got their families they've got their kids they've been in this thing for Mm -hmm. so long what's it like to share a clubhouse with guys like that
2: yeah i mean it's uh it's different for sure i mean i've never experienced that before i think i think max is literally 18 years older than me um but, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's it's valuable in its own way. You know, they've experienced so much already, and you get to learn from that. Um, and you get to be around their kids, too, which is really fun. Um, but it's just – it's a different experience, but it's always – you know, it's it's a great one nonetheless.
0: Evan Carter joining us. I think your mindset's so different. That's why I keep going back to it. Like, what went through your mind when you got that call up, and was there any part of you that thought, hey, man, I'm going to play in a World Series this year?
2: yeah I mean that was that's definitely the goal of every minor leaguer when you get called up it's like all right like I'm here to help the team win I want to prove that I can help the team win um and that's the end goal of every ball player the you know you want to win the last game of the year you don't want to lose um that's definitely on your mind you know hey this is this is where I want to be at and I want to win. And that's just kind of, you know, we, we got fortunate enough and lucky enough to be able to do that.
0: Evan Carter joining me for a few more moments. He's getting ready for that championship parade. So let me ask you, you played a major role in that clinching game five, not only in coming up with that second hit off Zach Gallen, but you also had a great play defensively where you robbed Devin Longoria of a hit with a runner in scoring position. I ran down your gaudy offensive stats, but how much pride do you take in being able to impact a game with your glove as well?
2: Yeah, you know, I've always kind of, obviously in the minor leagues and stuff with my manager that I had, he he really put an emphasis on defense. And I, I have two coming up through the minor leagues, and I've just always been under the impression of. Whenever I'm struggling at the plate that day, I'm going to make sure that somebody else does too and take a hit away from them. So that's just kind of, it's always been something that I've taken pride in a lot. I like
0: it. Really quickly before I let you go, Corey Seager broke up the no-hitter himself en route to becoming a World Series MVP for the second time in his career. I mean, this was a complete team effort by the Rangers, but how often was Corey able to change the momentum and get everybody else going with his clutch hitting?
2: Yeah, I mean, you saw it so many times this postseason. You know, what a better person. Um, I mean, it, it couldn't have been anybody else other than him. I mean, that was just the right person at the right time. You know, big-time players like himself come up big-time spots like that and get the job done no matter what. And uh, I can't say I'm surprised at all that he was the person that broke it up and got us going. Um and hitting's contagious right after that you know we started stringing some stuff together so he was definitely the catalyst for that
0: so evan let me finally ask you your manager bruce Bochi, you helped him to his fourth world series championship what did you know about Boch before you joined the big club and then what was your biggest takeaway from playing for him for the last two months
2: yeah i think the biggest thing that i knew before getting there was just his resume is just unbelievable he's one of the best managers ever he knows how to win um and then, whenever you get there, you just, you understand, you understand why he's one of the uh, best managers ever. You know, you get to see how he runs the team, how the relationships that he builds with players. Um, and it's just, you know, you get there and it's like, all right, like I can understand how you've won, you know, three World Series now, you know, four. And it's just, it's unbelievable.
0: Hey, and one last thing, I want to shout out your hometown. You're from Elizabeth, 10, Tennessee, population 13,000. How many people back home have you heard from in the last few days? I mean, all of them?
2: Yeah, basically, it seems like. I mean, everybody's – it's unbelievable the amount of support I have back home. It's its really cool.
0: All right, so you got a big day coming up. You've got your championship. You've got your championship parade. Evan, I really appreciate you making time for this program on a day like this. Congratulations. Great to talk to you, and I hope we can do it again soon.
2: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hey
0: there. Let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is where you get farm fresh – pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of Hello Fresh's chef crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love Hello Fresh. I love how fresh it is, I love the options it gives me, and I know that I'm eating well, and it tastes incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome and use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome, use that code 50Rome and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I want to talk about James Harden for a minute. Like this guy's never going to vie for another NBA MVP. But let me give James Lardin this much. He definitely is still a strong contender for MVP of team content. Hell, after his last few months, he actually has to be the front runner right now for MVP of team content. This dude is basically a one-man traveling circus, and it can be hard to even keep up with this guy's act. Like one second, it's all good. One second, he's happy. The next, he wants a trade. Then he's in full-blown toxicity mode. Then all of a sudden, he's running around in a fat suit. Then he's in China, eviscerating the one dude who has always had his back. Then he finds himself on a brand new team, and then the cycle starts all over again. I mean, in a way, you could call it a system. And in that sense, the system works really well which is why I'm going to be one of the few who's not piling on this dude for what he said yesterday, like everybody else seems to be. In fact, almost everybody else is piling on this guy today. Normally, especially in recent years, I've found the guy to be pretty insufferable. But for once, I think this dude was just spitting truth. For once, I totally agree with Larden. I'm on the same side. yes the audio that I'm about to play might be some of the baggiest sound that you've ever heard from an athlete. Some of the most out-of-touch, detached-from-reality, self-important drivel ever spit into a microphone. I get how what I'm about to play might come off like that to you. But me personally, I think what he told the LA media at his official Clippers intro yesterday, was dead on. Dead on. Well, not the part where he says that he was on a, quote, leash in Philly. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not with him on that. I don't agree with that. But where I am going to ride with this guy is his explanation for what he meant by saying that he was on a, quote, leash in Philly. Listen to this guy and listen with an open mind rather than rushing in to bury him because it actually makes sense.
2: Um, I don't think, when I'm in a leash, I'm not meant just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in, like, I'm a, I'm a, like, I think the game and I'm a creator on the court, you know what I mean? So if i got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey, coach, I see this, you know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean?
0: There it is. Boom. The money. Right at the very end. I am not a system player. I'm a system. I'm not a system player. I am a system. I don't fish on a boat, James. I fish on a boat. I am not a system player. I am a system. Hey, listen. He's right. He's right. I don't understand why people are so up in their feelings and so bent about that quote. First of all, he definitely is not a system player. I mean, how do I know? He's made sure to never fit in any system he's ever been in. He's made it totally clear over his career that he is not a system player. What's so polarizing about that? That's not even remotely controversial. He's not. He also made it really clear that he is a system all onto himself, and that's why people are so bent this morning. By the way, I agree. He is a system all onto himself, and it's an incredibly effective system. You want proof? I can even show you the system. I can tell you what his system is. I know exactly what he's talking about. I can tell you what the system is, even if he won't. The hardened system involves joining a team, making demands, and if he doesn't get exactly what he wants, he gets fat, fat, then he gets toxic, and then he shuts it down until he either gets what he wants or he gets to go to his new handpicked team. And then he repeats the process. Or should I say system. He specifically did not want to be a part of the process because remember, he's not a system player. He is a system, period. So he can't be a part of any process. Period. Speaking of the process, you knew they were going to run that quote right back to Joel Embiid, and here is the reigning MVP's response to this notion that Larden was on a quote leash last season. We
3: allowed him to just be himself, and we gave him the ball every single possession, and because he uh, he's really good. I mean, he's a he's an amazing you know player. Um, you know, obviously. Being up dumb, you know, that great of a passer, I think. We just we gave him the ball. You know, if you watch again, game, we gave him the ball every single possession to just go on and you know do a stay.
0: All right, so one of those guys is not telling the truth. It can't be both. Either he's on a leash or we gave him the ball every single possession. Pretty hilarious. Hilarious that Larden thinks that he was on a leash. Meanwhile, the MVP of the entire league says, we gave him the ball every single possession. I mean, in effect, we let this guy do pretty much whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. But he feels like he was on a leash. I mean, I guess it wasn't enough. I guess getting the ball every single possession was not enough. How about getting it two times every single possession? How about nobody else is even allowed to touch the damn ball? How about that? You could just tell him that quote how impossible Larden is to please. Joel sounds like he just spent the last year negotiating with a four-year-old. Of course, the reality is, Larden actually had the second most time on the ball in the NBA last season, trailing only Luka. And no, I don't care that Luka's on the second floor. Stop it. Larden's reaction to the whole thing would be like, yeah, right. Thank you, Alvin. Right, right. That's my point, Rome. This is the point that I'm trying to make. Yes, I was. Yes, I had the second most time on the ball in the NBA. Exactly. That's my whole entire problem. Way to make my argument for me, Rome. How the hell does anybody, Luca or otherwise, get any more time on the ball than me? I'm not a part of a system. I am the system. This is why I have to get out of Philadelphia. There's another guy playing in the league who's on the ball more than me. Well, that end, Daryl Morey's a liar. I went out for that too. Daryl is a liar,
4: and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. You said again. Daryl Maury is a liar, and I will never be
0: a part of an organization that he's a part right, of Right, dude. We heard you the first time. He will never be a part of an organization that Maury is a part of ever again. And and he will never be a part of a system. Never has been, never will be. He I is a system. system. So now that the Clippers get the system, they should be warned. Bringing in the system has never worked really for any team. The system has never found its way to a Larry O. The system is incredibly effective. Don't get me wrong. It always works for him. It just doesn't really work well when it comes to actually winning games that matter. When it comes to abandoning teams and getting exactly what he wants, the system is essentially undefeated. But when it comes to NBA championships, or hell, even playoff series, the system is almost useless. So good luck with that, Clippers. I'm sure you'll probably be the first team that can actually keep this dude happy and actually keep that fat system or that fat suit off of him and in his closet. Just know this. He's got a fat suit, and he's not afraid to rock it. And remember this, too. He is not a system player, okay? He's a system.
2: I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean?
0: The thing about that is, when he said that he was a system, I think maybe what he meant was I am a digestive system. Like that's what he does. You are what you eat, and there's no denying the fact that he's doing a hell a lot a hell of a lot of that. Hey, wherever you go, James, I am OKC, a Houston, Brooklyn, Philly, now L.A., my man, just keep doing you. Keep running that system. Keep digesting. I am a system. I'm on this guy's side. He is a system. We've seen that system. And we'll see it again. I am a system. You know why? It always works for him. Hey, man, I got to be on the ball. I, I, I need to touch the ball. I need the ball to rotate back to me. Being on the ball second most in the NBA is not going to work for me. This is why I need to be out. Thank you, Rome. You made my argument for me. How the hell is there anybody who gets the ball more than me? So I agree with him. He's not a part of a system. And he is a system. System being you give him exactly what he wants or he'll get fat and force his way out. Fat. You give this guy what he wants, the touches, the shots, the time on the ball, or he's going into that closet, and he's going to drop into that fat suit and make everybody miserable. That's the system. That's his system. And add that to a list of undefeated Sex, father time, the James Harden system. I am a system. Yes, you are, dude. Yes, you are. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kids' relationship with technology is and they've made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more restrictions to apply visit uscellular.com for terms ryan blaney ryan it's great to have you on how you feeling dude hey yeah i'm feeling really good jim thanks for having me back really good to have you back man appreciate it so first of all congrats on what has already been a tremendous season how do you feel about the way your year has played out and about the amazing opportunity you have this weekend in phoenix
5: yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, our year's been, you know, pretty decent. Um, you know, especially, I think our final, you know, our last two months has been absolutely incredible, um, you know, throughout the playoffs and, and especially, you know, the round of eight, the last three and, and winning last week. Um, our team is definitely on a, a good hot streak right now and, and definitely running on all cylinders. So you just, you just hope to keep that up for this weekend, you know, when the, the, the big championship's on the line and, um, looking forward to to getting on track today and seeing what
0: we have you know right you mentioned the round of eight i want to ask you about that because four times in the past you got to the round of eight before coming up just short you finally broke on through this year when it happens four times do you feel like you get a little bit snake bit did you ever start to wonder if maybe it wasn't meant to be uh no i don't i don't really
5: ever think i i got into that mindset you know it It was nice getting there, you know, a handful of times before this, but just just barely missing out, and, you know, those are unfortunate moments, and you're like, all right, well, what do I have to do to change this? You know, how do we we switch up of what we're doing, you know, whether what I'm doing, our approach to the weekends when we get to this round, um, to get to Phoenix, you know? And I think we did a really good job of kind of self-reflecting on Uh, changes we need to make uh, to be able to clean this round up and and perform like we need to to get here to Phoenix to have a shot at the title so I think it it motivated us a lot Um, and it also it helps you better yourself you know those are those are tough inner conversations and either conversations within your team of like all right here's the areas where we struggle let's really work hard and, and try to pinpoint how we can get this better. And I think you have to have those tough conversations, whether with you know with yourself or with your team. Uh, and that's that's how you improve, and we did that.
0: I think you make such a great point. I love that. You have to have tough conversations, not only with your team, but with yourself, and that's how you break on through the way you have so far. Ryan Blaney is joining us. You mentioned the team. Let me ask you about the team and also the car. How do you feel about the car right now? And then how do you feel about that team that's been put together and has helped you do what you've had to do to get to this spot?
5: Yeah, well, our group is amazing. You know, everyone on this 12 group uh, has put such hard work in. You know, and and through the summer months, you know, there was two or three months there um, that we struggled pretty bad. And uh, you know, this sport, and it's like all sports. You know, uh, it's it's a big big circle of you know teams peaking and and being good, and then you go through some struggle times uh, where just things aren't really clicking. And uh, you know, in our sport, it's you know, the hardest thing to get in our sport is speed in your race car and being competitive every week, right? It's hard to hard to be there all the time. And you're going to be in spots to where you're not running as good as you want. You don't have the speed as other teams. And it's it's how you dig out of that hole uh, that is the most important. And, and our group did a good job of bearing down uh, and just doing the work, you know, and just getting better when we needed to. And, you know, teams win championships every single year for peaking at the right time. You know, I mean – You can have no matter what sport it is, you have amazing regular season um, and you get to the playoffs and, you know, other teams rise to the occasion and they end up winning the championship. And our group has done a great job of of rising to this occasion to put us in this spot to give us a shot. And um, so I, I love the spot we're in right now. And. And our group done such a good job of, of working their tails off to get here.
0: Ryan Blaney joining us. I love the analogy. You're right. I mean, rare is the athlete that I've ever spoken to over the years that didn't say exactly what you just said. You always want to be peaking at the right time. And then I always follow up by saying, well... Can you set it up that way? Can you build it that way? I mean, obviously, that's the ideal. You want to be playing your best or running your best when it matters most. But is it something you can actually impose your will on or somehow create this this notion of peaking at the right time? Or do you just have to hope for it?
5: I think it's a little bit of both. You know, you'd like for that to happen, right? I mean, you'd like to be able to, like, you know, all right, we're going to peak at this time. All right? right? But that's hard to do. You know, you want to be in that spot all year, right? You want to be at the top level all year, but a lot easier said than done. And uh, it's just everyone being in sync, uh, everything working uh, to where you need to be. And uh, and that's what our group's done. So, um, you know, it's not like you plan on a time. You just try to get there whenever you can. And, and fortunately for us, it's been happening uh, at the ideal moment, you know, midway through the playoffs, start of the playoffs. And, and that's when you want it to happen.
0: So, Ron, you mentioned the track. Let me ask you about that. I understand that every single race is unique, but you've had success in Phoenix. You've had consecutive runner-up finishes. You've got four straight top tens there. Why do you think you run so well there, and does that give you any extra confidence heading into this weekend?
5: Yeah, you know, it's a place, uh, Phoenix is a place that that I enjoy personally as a driver. It kind of fits my driving style. Uh, And then also with our race cars, you know, it kind of fits our mindset of what we do at the race shop, you know, to to come here to these places. You know, this racetrack turns one and two and turns three and four, the two different ends are completely different. You know, they're banked very differently. The radius is completely different. And we've always done a good job of, of compromise. You're always kind of compromising at these places. You can't really be lights out on both ends when they're so different. You have to kind of pick and choose and find what areas you want to be strong at. And our team has just always done a good job at that. And yes, yeah, it's, it's been good for us in the past. So it's nice to have that confidence but I don't think that you can fully rely on that. You know, things change all the time, and uh, cars change, uh, so you have to be willing to change with the times, and uh, this team is really good at doing that as well. So it's nice to have something to go back on and rely on, but you have to be willing to adapt as well.
0: Ryan Blaney joining us. Ryan, you mentioned the shop, so let me ask you this. You've got a chance to make it back-to-back NASCAR Cup titles for Team Penske after Joey Logano won the championship last year. How special would it be to deliver another title for a racing icon like Roger Penske, who, in effect, is a living legend at the age of 86?
5: Yeah, indeed, a living legend. He's an amazing person to drive for. It's been been an amazing, uh, you know, gosh, it's been over 10 years since I... Have been with that group, and it, it doesn't feel like that. I mean, it definitely goes by quickly, and um, you know, there's not many opportunities that you can do something that Mr. Penske has not done before, and that is win back-to-back Cup titles. Uh, and when do you have a shot to do something? I mean, the guys, Mr. Penske does everything in, in motorsports. So when you get an opportunity to be able to add something to the list of something he hasn't done before, you really have to seize that moment. So. Uh, we're going to try our best. We're in a cool spot to be able to do it and uh, if we can bring back to back titles to team Penske, every all of them all the people that work there, all the hundreds of employees they have, it would mean so much to be able to deliver that to them because you know how much time they put in you know they know you know how much they sacrifice just like you do, and um you want to be able to to do that for everybody back you know at the race shop, maybe people who don't travel and you know that don't get enough credit. You want the, It means just as much to them, so it would be a spectacular thing if we could go back-to-back.
0: That's pretty awesome. Let me ask you this. Since Joey was eliminated in the first round, have you spent time with him, maybe picked his brain a bit about how to approach that championship race, and if so, how helpful has that been?
5: Yeah, I feel like we've always done a good job in our organization of, of you know, teams helping teams, you know, and that's what the advantage of having – multiple teams uh, in a company is four, right? I mean, you have to play off each other. I've always said, you know, if, what's the point in having a three- or four-car team if no one talks to each other and no one helps each other, right? I mean, uh, so we do that really well at our group is is sharing information, whether it's the driver sharing information, uh, the team sharing information between each other. Uh, that's what makes your organization great. And uh, we, we've done a good job at that in the past. We did it last year. Uh, you know, when Joey was in the championship, I, I gave – Everything I could give, um, you know, to him and his group, whether they took it or not, you know, you, you want to help out as much as you can, and it's been the same way. So he's been fantastic, um, and and it's definitely been nice to get some advice from him because he's been in this spot a lot of times uh, to try to help out when it comes to Sunday.
0: You know, it sounds like your headspace is incredible right now, so leave me with this thought. Just about every single high-performing athlete that I've ever spoken to over the years has talked about the importance of staying consistent with your routine, so how do you approach things on Saturday night and then in the hours leading up to the big race Sunday morning?
5: Yeah, I mean, you try not to change the routine up, right? If you have something that works for you, you know, that's fantastic. Um, it is hard to do the same thing, especially in this moment, because uh, you are asked. Uh, you know, of more, you know, come championship week and weekend. Um, but at the same time, you still have to be able to get in the right headspace. I think the best athletes can do that. You know, they they have switches to turn it on and off. And, um, you know, you like to think that you can do that and, and understand when the job is, you know, required of you on the racetrack and when off the racetrack that job is required of you as well. So, uh, no, I feel great about it. Um, like I said, the biggest thing I'm excited about is just finally getting on the racetrack, you know, and then seeing – What you do, I think every athlete will say they just want to go do their job. They just want to go perform, and and that's what they're most comfortable with. But um, it's been a fun week. I've been trying to take it all in, right? It's a special opportunity. Not a lot of people get to have this opportunity to run for a championship. So you try to appreciate and enjoy that.
0: But at the same time, when the helmet goes on – You better be locked in and ready to go. Dude, I think that's a tremendous perspective. I think that's really, really well thought out that you got to enjoy everything. you got to embrace everything, every bit of it. And then at go time, you go. He is the driver of the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske. And again, NASCAR's Cup Series Championship race is Sunday at Phoenix Raceway. Once again, 3 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Ryan, great to have you back. Good luck this weekend. Great to talk to you. All right. Thanks, Jim. Always nice talking to you. You too. Vic, it's been a minute. What's up, dude?
4: What's up, man? Hey, uh, I'm watching the Bears the other day, and their linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, has some of the most impressive dreadlocks I've ever seen. Check him out next time. It looks like he's got these thick ropes hanging out of his helmet. And I'm just thinking, dude, is this guy's name Tremaine Edmonds or Macrame Edmonds? Hello. I swear, man, his hair reminds me of some of those old macrame ornaments my mom used to buy in the 80s. But speaking of names, Rome, I get that the guy's name is Jalen Waddle, but that doesn't give him the right to do that stupid little duck dance he's been doing where he waddles around like a duck, all right? That's so dumb. I mean, come on. What would he do if his name was Jalen Taylor? Would he stand there in the end zone miming like he's fixing the hem on a pair of trousers, Jalen Taylor? I guess we should just be grateful his name isn't like Jalen Bush. Because that's a touchdown dance nobody wants to see. Thank God his name isn't Josh Downs, like that guy from the Colts. Otherwise, we'd have to sit there watching him do his impersonation of Corky from Life Goes On every time he scored a touchdown. And what I'm really hoping for, Rome... That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't
2: like that call. Not a very good
0: call. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to... Justin in Melbourne. Justin, what's going on with you, dude? What's going on, Romy? What's up?
3: It's it's been a great week. I mean, it's not often that you get a shout-out from a jungle legend, Sean Casey. What a great interview, as usual. But, Rome, some of the clones are coming at me. Like, how much did you pay Casey? To be honest with you, Jim, I haven't seen that guy in 30 years. But game respects game. I grew up a couple streets down from Sean. And, you know, a lot of the clones want to know, is the guy really that motivated? Is he really that positive? And the answer is uh, yes. That's how he was. And that's what's so great about Casey. Never changed. Always a pro. Always positive. But the reason this went down, well, I might go back to the Berg every year. And uh, I'm in this restaurant, and, and I know the rules, Jim. I'm not going to name drop the restaurant. The CBS suits went like that uh, Pool Dork and Butt Nuts realized that when they tried that. But I'm in there, Rome, and I see this shrine. Eddie Vedder's got a shrine. I'm like, that's cool. And then I see Sean Casey. He has a shrine. I'm like, nice. The owner comes over. His name's Carmen. He's like, I'm like, you know, Carmen, Casey's a jungle legend on the Rome show. He's like, bro, I'm a clone. He was at your clone stock or a a tour stop at Cleveland State, Jim. He's telling me you came out in the Bronco. You kept talking about the Ducats. So, of course, I had to give him a little name recognition. I'm like, you know, I'm the linear messenger here. He's like, dude, your money's no good here. I'm like, easy now, dude. You got me confused with Iray Craig. I. Ray Cray. I appreciate the respect, but uh, I don't need that. So I looked at him. I was like, where's Rome's shrine? Let's get Dan smack in here. So he's like, you know what? You're right. He's like, I got to put a shrine together because I'll put it right in between Eddie Vedder. And Sean, I said, Jim, this is huge. The whole family's invited. Dodger Jano can come up. She can wear her Fernando Gamer. Jake can talk to his corporation, see if he can get the uh, corporate jet to get to Pittsburgh. And Rogues, we got a surprise for him. The OG of the sidearm delivery still lives in Pittsburgh, Kenta Colby. We'll hook him up. I'll definitely be there. And I know your paparazzi, John in New York, will show up. But, Jim, I know you love the bird. The 412 loves you. It's meant to be. And finally, once again, it's been a great year for this messenger. But my cousin, he's the mastermind behind the messenger. He's on his 40th year, Jim, selling dictation equipment. My cousin, Mike, in Pittsburgh. And with all due respect, he's kind of like the Rich Flores of Smack Off Calls. He is like the Rich Flores of the linear messenger handle. So, war him, man. And uh, once again, Jim, Thanks for everything you
0: do. You're the best. Wow, Justin. Dude, I had no idea you had that in you. I, I don't know how much of that is true. I'm going to assume most of it's not. But I had no idea, dude, you had that in you. Like, I, I know you, but I don't know you. I did not know you had that in you. All right, so what happened was, let me give you a little background. Sean Casey did come on the show this week, and he started the interview off by shouting out to at Lanier Messenger. And it kind The big head. James Kelly and I do this every single Friday. Now, we got off to a pretty good start last night, I thought. Even though we went against each other, head-to-head in that game, Steelers and Titans, I ended up taking the Steelers and laying the points. The head went with the Titans. I won that bet, but he hit both of his prop bets, so we both win. The way I see it, win, win, win. A profitable night. How did that feel to you, Head? And how do you feel about the weekend that's ahead?
1: Felt great, man. Um, I feel good about the weekend. I would say um, I'm as happy as that strong-willed gal in the Betas commercial, but it sounds like I should not go
0: there. So, um, Head. Yeah. Head. Did, don't try me,
1: dude. Okay, I'm
0: sorry. Don't try I me, Beatus. dude. I didn't, I didn't name it. Diabetes. Yeah. Don't try me, dude. Do you want to do this segment or not? Yes, I do. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Hey, no, you're not. Yeah. MMA announcer, You did exactly what you set out to do, and you're not sorry. Do it again, and then you're done. It's absolutely nobody. All right, why don't we start with the big one? Let's get to it. Sunday night, Buffalo at the Natty. Suddenly, the Bengals. Look like the Bengals. While we never really know what Buffalo is going to look like week to week, what is the number here? How are you playing at Cincinnati v. Buffalo?
1: Since he is favored by two, it's interesting. If you didn't know the team associated with these two numbers, I'm going to share. There's no way you'd take them and lay the points. The two numbers, one, 4.5 yards per play on offense, only the Giants and Panthers rank worse. And two, 5.9 yards per play on defense given up. Only the Broncos rank worse there. That's the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals for you through eight weeks. But we're all convinced after that um, they gave the sour-ass Niners those hands over the weekend that life is all good in the Natty. I These believe it. Joe looks.
0: Thank you, legend, PA legend, PA, PA. legend. love him.
1: Niners, yes, love him. Sour ass Niners, love him. Love Joe Burrow. He looks healthy, and the Bills have suspect corners. Even after adding Rasul Douglas, the guy Josh Allen told that he looks like bleeping, you know what? Those dudes
2: suck. What's up? What's up? What's up?
1: Yeah, that guy. Sup. Those guys are going up against Jamar Chase and the fellas. I like my chances there. Now, Josh Allen, Alvin, has not sucked. He's been elite, Josh playing incredible Allen. football. He has been reckless, though, at times, Jim, with the football, and there's no team in football intercepting passes at a higher rate than your boy, Lou Anarumo. That's it, his defense. I love it. He he should have another great game here, I think. ATS, Rick and Buffalo, and Blind Terry's Bills are 0-3 in in their last three v. Cincy. War, Cincy, minus one and a half. Or two, actually. Sorry, two.
0: It's two, right? Yeah, it moved. Okay, nothing is easy. In fact, everything is much tougher now than ever before, especially when it comes to picking against the spread in the NFL. They're just not going to give all that cash away. You have to earn it. Mm -hmm. I love what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow. If he's not at 100% head, He's damn close to it. Not only have they turned their season around, they have covered in their last three. Mm -hmm. Buffalo has not covered in any of their last four. So while I do expect a close game, I do have enough confidence. I feel confident enough in the Bengals to lay the points since he 2 at home. Beautiful. All right. We're on the same page. Falcons v. Minnesota. This one is a little bit tricky. The Vikings have won three in a row. They're playing well, but, of course, they lost Kirk Cousins to that shredded Achilles. Mm -hmm. And then they get a new quarterback in Josh Dobbs, who looks like he might get the start, but then it looks like he might not, and they might go with Jaron Hall. The Mm -hmm. Falcons, meanwhile, get torched by a rookie in Will Levis last week. They've made a quarterback switch of their own. they benched Desmond Ritter in favor of Taylor Heineke. A lot of uh, noise there. Mm-hmm. What is the number? What are you going to do with it?
1: Yeah, the return of the St. Louis Battlehawk here, Jim. Love to see that. Saint I'm going with St.
0: Louis Battlehawk.
1: Battle yes, Saint. I'm going with that guy, the ATL, and I'm laying the four points. Hey, dude, how do
0: you spell St.? I, I would not know St. Louis Battlehawk.
1: I don't, I don't that sounds normal. Jake. Uh,
0: uh, Go ahead.
1: Winthrop. Um, Look, the Atlanta front office better find my guy angry Arthur Smith, a quarterback this offseason. He's getting pissier by the day, and Desmond Ritter's not the guy, like you said, on Sunday and ever. Personally, I'd rather write on the Atlanta diarrhea plan than watch Ritter behind center (laughs) for this offense once again. I think they get a boost from the – Former Did Saint you listen Lewis to yourself?
0: You said you would bio- rather bio- ride bio- on the bio- Atlanta bio- diarrhea, bio- diarrhea airplane, bio- airplane than watch Desmond bio- Ritter ever play again? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I think so. Behind center for dude, the it's Atlanta... Dude, bio- ha- it's a biohazard. They turned the that way bird around. That was so an international he- flight, dude. So was he, behind center. He's not happens. a biohazard he's behind center, dude.
1: All over. Like, that guy was fumbling it all over. Damn, dude. Okay. I think they get a boost, though, my point, from the St. Louis Battlehawk this week. Yeah, what is
0: your point, as always? Same. He should be able
1: to play um, off his dominating line much better than Ritter could. And I'm betting Jaron Hall for the Vikings is not Big Clock Brock. I think he has a long day against a motivated Falcons defense. They played bad last week, like you said, something they haven't really done Badly. all season. Right. I expect a bounce back from the uh, cookie monster, Calais, and his top ten defense in the NFL on Sunday. ATS advantage the Vikings. What's that? Calais? Calais. Calais, that's better. Okay. Denver South. I'm struggling. Love it. <laughs> ATS, advantage PA in the Vikings. Minnesota has actually covered four of their last five v. Atlanta, and only the Panthers are worse v. the spread than the fail clowns are this season, but I'm going with Atlanta minus four here.
0: Atlanta, not Atlanta. My bad. Okay, Dude, My you're bad. getting nothing right, mm-hmm. even for you. Struggling. Even for you, you are really struggling. I'm struggling. So I can't lie, four. Is the number Four. Four. Four feels like a pretty big number here, but I'm expecting a pretty big bounce back from the Falcons. I think, like you, that that former St. Louis Battlehawk is going to do what he does. In other words, compete his ass off, provide a spark. I don't love the game. I don't love that number, but (laughs) I will take the Falcons and I will lay the points. ATL minus four. Nice. All right, Bucks. V. Texans. This one is more interesting than it may seem on paper. Speaking of paper, anything that earns me paper legitimately Mm -hmm. does interest me. So why don't we talk about this one? Both of these teams looking to bounce back from losses. The Texans, led by Nick Casario, Mm -hmm. have become an enormous jungle team. I kind of feel like you don't buy that or believe in that. I Mm. do wholeheartedly. I think they're ahead of schedule. I really like what I'm seeing from them. That said, you know that riding a three-game losing streak – you're going to get the very My best from Baker Mayfield, who I guarantee has the ass this week, mm-hmm. the red ass. And for him, that's a good thing. He's one of the few guys that plays well, angry. What is the number? What are you doing with this one, Head?
1: I'm riding with your Baker Mayfield and his bucks, and taking the three points you can get. Um, CJ Stroud has been the best quarterback in the NFL in not turning the football over, but I think that changes this weekend. Tampa Bay has an NFL best, 19.2% of the opposing team's drives end in a turnover also the texans cannot run the football at all meaning cj will have to air it out more than normal and overall the texans offense has struggled only the josh not as much as you have in this segment okay i'm struggling a little bit a lot a lot yep okay (laughs) continue only the Josh McDaniels-led Raiders and Sean Payton-led Broncos have averaged fewer yards per game over the last three than this Houston offense has, but Tampa Bay's offense has been garbage as well. Only the Giants have scored fewer points the last three weeks than the Bucks, 12.3 points per game. It's our windy double blowout of the week, if you will. Tampa Bay needs to get their weight up and run the football here. They've rushed for over 100 yards on two occasions this season and won both games. ATS, both teams are 4-3. and three on Okay, that's plus. great,
0: Alvin. I, I really thought I that you were not going to give in and give this guy what he wanted. You just waited. Thank you, Alan. It's kind of like the delay drop. Bucks. Thank you, Alan. Yes. It's funny, Alan. It's not funny, Alan. It's not funny, Alan. It's not funny, He's head.
1: Best offenses in football, both averaging over 30 points. Make the a game. damn Jill. pick, dude. Jim, Jim, Bucks, Bucks plus three. Jim, Jim, damn, he messed that <laughs> one up. God, hey, dude, you're a wreck, man. You're an absolute I'm wreck, bro. Georgia. Are you done? But anyway, yeah, bucks plus three.
0: Josh Allen. <laughs> can, you, can you stop talking over me? Can I give you my pick? Winthrop.
1: Get ready, fantasy Hawks. To a funny dude. Dude, can I haunt. give the
0: pick? Can I give the pick? <laughs> Why yeah, are you I still talking? Not. Go ahead. Winthrop. All right. Wow, dude. I'm telling you, I still am really bullish on the Texans, despite what you just said. And I'm very bullish on my guy, Jungle Legend, Nick Casario. I think super rookie C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson both come up big. I think there's going to be a lot of energy in that house. I don't think that the Texans' defense gets quite the love they deserve, especially not from you, Head. Mm -hmm. Give them some bleeping respect. I mean, for real. I'm going to go against you on this one. I am going to ride once again with the Texans. Minus three at home. Okay. All right. Saints v. Bears. If you're asking me to get hyped about this game without having any action on this game, you got the wrong guy in the wrong show. (laughs) However, if I throw down, suddenly I am interested as hell, and I will. But dude, I know that generally when the Bears walk onto the field, generally and collectively, they take Mm -hmm. a big fat dump in their pants. Mm -hmm. You have a big dump in your pants. I expect that. And in fact, I know they will again on Sunday. They will. They will walk onto the field and they will take a big fat dump in their pants. You got a big
4: dump in your pants.
0: Problem is, we are dealing with a big fat number, mm-hmm. and Drew Brees ain't walking through that door. <laughs> the Bears aren't much, and by not much, what I'm saying is they're essentially garbage, mm-hmm. but I'm burying the lead. Gosh. What is that number? How fat is that number? How are you playing <laughs> this game, Head? Saints minus eight and a half. See? I'm the- yes, eight and sand. a half. It's huge. The Saints. Yes, it's a big
1: number and I'm laying the points because I asked myself, Jim, if Brandon Staley's defense shut down this Tyson badgeant led Bears offense, Baygent, how dude. Bayant. Bayant. Yeah. Bajant. Don't go how off on a the tangent. Bayant. Do that. So sure, they're undisciplined
0: at times. In fact, only Vance so are you, Joseph's dude with the defense... English language, man. I've never seen worse worse technique and discipline with the language. It, it is, than what you possess.
1: Time, for sure. Without question. Alright, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Undisciplined football I'm talking about in the Saints, though. Only Vance Joseph's defense has allowed more first downs through penalties than the Saints have. But again, Brandon Staley's defense shut these guys down a week ago. I like my chances here. Also, emotional Derek's offense is rolling. They put up 509 yards of total offense to against Indy last week. Of all in that, the last three games, they've averaged this is 449 this yards. Is a lot it's guys the that. best in the NFL. Not only that, no need to shed tears, D, de- easy. Um, Some guys are doing there he is, crying again. Like I said, just a practice. Dude, why, why do you go back the to the same five
0: things every single week?
1: Because he's right. crying. So you know, you know what? It just hit me. Other. It uh-huh.
0: just hit me. The games that you always like I to pick uh-huh. involve the, the sound bites game. that you like Plus to play. I don't think so. I think that's I got Oh, I know so, dude. Because I hear the same stupid sound drops from you every single week, dude. If you but play the same song every week, if you play the same song, dude, over and, and over and over and over again, you'll of get sick of the ends. song that you love so much and you'll hate it.
1: I don't think so. Play the hits. Always this play the hits, and the hits. Stop playing the hits, dude.
0: You play it every single right. week. Now I know why you, you know, do what you do. I've always wondered why are those the games? Why are those the games that the head is pitching me? It's because you're not actually pitching games. You're pitching sound drops.
1: Because I want to hear yeah, Derek so again.
0: Yeah, I know. Dude. I didn't play a Philly. Well, fan, Why yes? don't you do that on your own time and oh, not on my air sure time?
1: Okay. My point though, his um, offense has finally showed up in the red zone. Before last week, they ranked 28th in the NFL down there. Last week, emotional Derek uh, scored three See? times, touchdowns, See? no. crime. Like to be the yep. result. ATS. Chicago is one in five in their last six. for the Saints. I'm laying the eight and a half and going with emotional Derek. A
0: car. Dude, what's the over under on the amount of times that you would utter emotional Eric? Or Derek? Derek.
1: Uh, Four. I think I did four. Then
0: I think you won. I think you won that bet. Anyway, Tyson Bajant was a cute little story when he beat the Raiders and got Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler whacked. Mm -hmm. But then he remembered that he was Tyson Bajant and crashed back to earth last week. Derek Carr is, notice I said Derek Carr, not emotional Derek, just Derek Carr, is starting to look more like the Derek Carr, the Saints thought that they were getting. Alvin Kamara can still make people look foolish. And all of a sudden, the Saints are still looking or suddenly looking pretty solid in football's worst division. This is more points than I would ever want to lay for these guys. But I'm going to do it anyway. Not because I feel that good about the Saints, but because I feel that badly about the Bears. Saints minus eight and a half. And finally, Saints minus eight and a half. Saints. Finally. Finally. Uh-huh. if Cincinnati-Buffalo is not the game of the week That's right. and the Dolphins v. Chiefs is not the game of the week, then it's got to be Cowboys v. Eagles. The games sometimes suck, but the rivalry never does when these two get together. And it is time. It is time for Jared Atrick, even with that weird run-up, you catch that guy's act this week where he's going on and on about, I, I, I don't poke the bear. That's I ain't going to poke the bear. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to poke the bear. When all this guy does is poke bears. Bump his geriatric gums and poke bears. My mm-hmm. schedule. Schedule, right? Meantime, Dak Prescott didn't seem to ap- appreciate those comments saying that Jarrah is talking about poking bears while I fight bears. Mm-hmm. Dump all the honey on me. In the meantime, you got Jalen Hurts, right? I'm going to ride with Jalen Hurts over whack Every day of the week. Unless Jalen is banged up, and I know he is, because when a reporter brought it up, he just bounced from the room. For a guy who handles everything, everything nearly perfectly, I thought that he butchered that. It makes me wonder how jacked up that knee is if he's responding to questions by running or limping out the door. That said, what is the number of the biggest game of the week? How are you playing it?
1: Man, there's some really strange stuff that happens with those Cowboys. I just started thinking about that. Like, the second you lose the dude who spanked himself while riding his fake horse around, another dude starts talking about pouring honey all over himself.
4: You see me and a bear in a fight pour honey on me.
1: I wonder if Jarrah used that trick on the American airline gal. What do you think? Anyways. What 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 trick, James? Um, pouring honey all over somebody. Or riding
0: that fake horse around the locker room. Oh, that part. Too. Maybe that, too, behind the kiosk. Yeah, no, I I don't know what he allegedly did or did not pour on her, nor do I care, and nor do I find it material to our betting discussion.
2: Fair point. The
0: the Eagles are favored by three points, anyways. Sorry, my mind's just going everywhere, right?
1: I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. You're one weird cat,
0: dude. You are a weird dude, honestly. Yes um, I am. Man, Philly's it is usually good but not in your case. Go ahead.
1: Philly's yards per game on offense is on par with what they did a year ago, but they're not running it as effective as they did and we all know that's what you want to do against these um Dallas Cowboys defense.
0: Um in the two losses these? of Dallas these? Cowboys defense, dude, oh, yeah. your tenses are all jacked up too. Yeah, yeah. mess that one up too. Singular plural. Yeah, yeah, just just I'll here. never Point I beam. promise I'll never bring it up ever again. Mm-hmm. Dude, did you even graduate fifth grade?
1: Ah, yeah, I did. They yeah, helped me through. Yes, no, no, no. yes, yes. No, 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 no. Continue to. Um, and there are two losses, embarrassing losses. They gave up a combined 392
0: yards. Like on you the had ground. to quit school to support the family, right? That, that's why you quit elementary school. You had to work on the farm. That's why you have a fifth. Exactly. You have a fifth <laughs> grade education because sense, you had to work on it? the farm. Farm to support the family. It's not had, your fault, dude. Had to feed them cows. Okay. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen is 124 of his last 26 regular <laughs> season starts. He's one and two though against these Dallas uh, Cowboys. He's also banged up. And if you take his Commanders and their ass defense games away, the dude has thrown more does that interceptions. That sound familiar, dude? That, that it sound? Does. It's like we're waking up that rooster. Exactly, you're waking work, up to work the farm, milk them cows right now.
0: I know you're not waking up to work the English language.
1: <laughs> Point being. I'm going with a dude who lathered himself in honey, whack. Uh, he's really good against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's won his last three starts. He's thrown 11 touchdowns and one interception, while the Cowboys have averaged 44 points per game in those games. I'm taking the three points and going Cowboys here.
0: Wow, you're taking the Cowboys in the, the points. The Cowboys, tough, yeah. tough call. What do you mean? Hertz's knee concerns me, but Dallas having to win any big game, is always a greater concern for me. And make no mistake, this is such a big game for Dallas. The Cowboys need this worse than Philly needs this. And yes, I know they're 5-2. and two. Yes, I know they won two games in a row, but the wins came against the Rams and the Chargers. So I'm going back and forth on this all morning long. Even sometimes, Ted, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. if I haven't made up my mind, I'll listen to what you have to say to see if maybe you can convince me to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Because I've been trying to convince myself to take the Cowboys and the points. Because I think, I think ah. that Dallas... Dallas... Dallas understands the urgency of the moment. Mm -hmm. Jalen is nicked. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a chalky little bitch. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ride with the boys too. Yes. I'll take the three in hostile Philly. Dallas plus three. Do not make me look bad for doing it. Whack and geriatric. Let's get it. Let's win this. Cowboys, show me something. Do something. Prove it. All right, because that was one of our most jacked-up segments ever. Start from the top and run it down really quickly. Who you got this weekend?
1: Bengals minus 2 v. Bills. Falcons minus 4 v. Vikings. Tampa Bay plus 3 at Houston. Saints minus 8.5 v. Bears. And the Cowboys plus 3 on the road at Philly. All right, that's a
0: whole lot right there. Any props at all, or are you good? Just straight games right now. Straight games, yo. Straight All games. right, head. Have a great weekend. Let's get paid. Thanks, Jim. Nice job. Well, not really. Actually, not a nice job. It's kind of like a bad habit I have of saying, hey, nice job, nice job. So I'm trying to motivate the staff. But it wasn't a nice job. Dude, that was not a nice job by you. I'll kill him myself. Yeah, I'm Get right to it. How y'all living? What's going on? How was that weekend? Welcome to the program. My name is Jim Rome. We are live. Let's get it. Hey, do you remember when the Bengals were struggling? struggling. Neither do I. The Jack Savage streak is alive. Yeah! And it's caught by Higgins. Like man, that's amazing. a tough mark. That was a legit performance by the Bengals and the Bengals quarterback and the Bengals defense against one of the best teams in the NFL. Hey, for real, man. must have got paid good today or something. We all hate that's the real. ref show, my man. Get your check book out they wanted them to win because you're about to scratch one of the
2: fattest checks ever it was calling stupid stuff. Kevin Byard definitely been a whirlwind I'm getting traded on the Monday catching an early morning fight on Tuesday shaking a hundred hands doing the physical learning the playbook you No, know, I love a challenge Jason McCourty joining us Jalen Hurst throws
0: a touchdown pass to Julio Jones wearing number 80 for the Philadelphia Eagles with Kyle Brand on our show this morning said it almost felt like a Halloween costume Julio Jones dressed up as an Eagles player I'm Sure until KB I said what's up not Ryan it's Ryan Damn,
3: I was at that toilet bowl yesterday. That didn't only
0: set football back a hundred years, it sent the human race back a hundred
4: years. The big picture you go get no life. Sir,
0: you cannot bring your trash on the plane. It's not my trash. That's my suitcase. Get your ass, get to, your ass to the portal. Get to the, get to the portal. See at the party, Richter. See at the portal, Richter. The email. Meet all your new friends. Bruin James. Me old bag the dude. The tow truck. Ah, ah, We've never talking. done for uh, an email. Howie. <laughs> Look at chalk. No idea. I look up and it's Billy Donovan. Look at that hair. Chalk's like, what? What costume? It's Halloween, yo. The other side of the glass is now fully dressed. Alvin Deloro in a full rat costume, top to bottom. Chalk, the vampire, in the back row. Look at Cindy. She made that costume. It's <laughs> Jack Savage. He's a Bengal, I think. Hey, Rome, where's your uh, costume? Well, I'm wearing it. A disgusted middle-aged talk show host. Yo, Raiders, are you trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo killed? Jimmy, are you trying to get the coach fired? Coach, are you trying to get Devontae Adams to quit? Because the answer to all the those things yes Cameron Bynum joining us yeah so no
2: new updates we're still um, looking and waiting for that sorry one second my phone can you hear me yeah I got you you're good okay sorry yeah so still no new updates with that a lot of bigger sorry somebody's blowing my phone up Uh, we've had a lot of help for sure
0: gotta be kidding me with that come on chalk the Vikings are trading for Arizona Cardinals quarterback Josh Dobbs good timing there You ain't gonna talk to me like I'm 12 years old. Northern noise. The second you said his name, Tyler... What's this guy's name? Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Bam. Tyler won. You got the whale. Tyler. If you're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler or Jimmy Garoppolo in a Las Vegas Halloween night massacre. Pumpkin haircutted freak that is Mark. Dave has had enough of Raider Nation sweating him at every turn to break off Josh. talking to Terrell Suggs.
2: My first game against Pittsburgh Steelers, that was definitely a welcome to the NFL moment.
0: And I, I, you know, I popped my cherry that game. Got a first sack. My brother, that was extremely descriptive. <laughs> Mission Possible masks. you impersonated somebody else? You ripped that thing off your face, y'all. You- Tom Cruise. No, do you rock rocking your own face. Oh, he had a voice changer in his Adam's apple and he had a mask. Oh, I didn't know he was So let
4: me talk to Michigan, man. What you're going through are the five stages of sports grief. Denial, like, we didn't do that. Bargaining, well, everybody does. Anger, like, a mass blast. Depression. But I want to get you to acceptance. Sean
0: Casey. He wants me to tell you that I went to school with the Lanier Messenger. Unbelievable, man. How much did he pay you to say that?
3: Let's move <laughs> on from
0: the Lanier Messenger and let's get to. The- World Series.
3: <laughs> 63 years is a long time to wait. World Series champions.
0: World Series champions? I have typed I've got a, a beef with that fat dancing lady in the Giardians commercial. Hey, Tubby, if you dance a little bit more, maybe you I wouldn't have, have to beat it. That's not yet. Thank you, Albie.
3: Absolutely nothing. They can eat my ass. I'm a Bronco fan. Of-
4: if you got a problem with DoorDashers, there may or may not be
0: something added to your milkshake. Evan Carter is joining us. I mean, dude, you're calm. You do know you're in the bigs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, I'm not a system player. I am a system.
1: Losing sucks. Or macrame, admin.
0: I can't when
3: I start to dance in buffet Wonderland. Wonderland.
4: After I was smacking with a bag of cheese.
1: Desmond Ritter's not the guy, like you said on Sunday, and ever personally, I'd rather write on the Atlanta diarrhea plan than watch Ritter behind center <laughs> for this offense once again. You're an and absolute I'm all wreck, all bro. Place. I'm
0: the
3: linear messenger here. He's like. Dude, your money's no good here.
1: Drag world champions, <laughs> World Series champ. Do your damn job. I'm be freaking kidding me.
0: Bennett Portal. Bennett Portal. I want to. I shot some peaches and cream. Why are we paying you? You see me and a bear in a fight? Pour honey on me. Oh, the bear! And suck my thumb.
3: <laughs> who Slayer. <said? laughs> good night now.
4: Good night now.